Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, Dynasty. I am your host, Heath Cummings, and I know I owe some of you an apology. Some of you reached out to me last week. You said, where's FFG Dynasty? Apparently, I didn't tell you that I was going to be in Las Vegas for FSGA. But what do you do when your kids are upset with you for being gone on a work trip? You bring them back a souvenir. I brought you back a souvenir. It's Joey Wright from Football Guys. This is going to be such a fun show. Joey is at Football Guys right now. Man, just tell us all what you've got going on. Yeah, I feel like I'm like on the Heath Cummings path to success, uh, you know, starting over at Football Guys. Um, yeah, I'm the community ambassador over at Football Guys. Um, you'll see me in the Discord. We've got a Discord relaunch coming this Friday. Uh, just trying to build that community up. You know, a lot of us got into fantasy because of that home league. Those 11 guys yes. or gals that we started a league with, we're trying to bring the focus back to there. And so that way, they, that's why they brought me in to build that community up. Um, during the season, though, I do host uh, Football Guys Sunday Morning Live every Sunday from 11 to 12 with Jagger May and Jeff Bell and our injury expert, Adam Hutchinson. Uh, we did such a good job this year. They're giving us 90 minutes next year. And like, we've got some new segments. We got a weather guy. So lots of cool stuff coming from us with football guys. But this off season, we're just kind of really building on the community. Uh, we do have the rookie draft guide out right now. A hundred and what is that? 152 incoming rookies profiled in that draft guide. And it's free to download up until draft day. So definitely check that out. I think that I plugged everything else. 152 <laughs> rookies. Yes. We are going to talk just, just a tiny little bit about rookie drafts at the beginning of this show. The most majority of this show, we're going to talk about free agents. So we're still a couple of weeks away from people being able to sign, although we're going to see some guys franchise tagged very shortly. And we've not really talked about some of these superstar free agents that are going to be available. I didn't really even think we were going to talk about Mike Evans. I had just assumed that Mike Evans was going to stay with Tampa Bay. And I know I'm hurting Joey right now. He's a Tampa Bay yeah. guy, but it sure sounds like they'd kind of set a deadline as of yesterday to get a deal reworked with him. I think Mike Evans is going to be a free agent. We'll also talk about T Higgins, who I'm not sure is going to get to free agency, but he might. We'll talk about Baker Mayfield. And then we'll spend a lot of time on what is a monster running back class. There might be a dozen starting running backs available in free agency. I don't think a dozen of them are going to get starting jobs. Some of them are going to be no longer running backs in the NFL when we get to September of next of this year. And at the end of the show, we're going to do something a little bit different. We have received quite a few emails with questions. Some grade the trade, some better questions than that. And so we're going to read your emails at the end of the show here with Joey. I'll just read the emails. Joey's going to answer them. How does that sound, Joey? I, I'm I'm prepared to answer emails. I'm I'm used to that QA <laughs> format. So I am very willing to do that. Whether my answers are good or not, that's that's what we're gonna find out. So stay tuned. That's answering emails absolutely sounds like something that the community ambassador should be uh, oh, adept at. So many. <laughs> so many emails. Of course, as always, we have to start with three questions for our guest. Joey, and, and you've, I know you've listened to the show, or at least you've shown up in the chat. I don't know if you were actually listening to the show. You might have just been spamming the chat. But we, I always ask people oh. this. You're starting a new Dynasty League. What is the yes. one rule or setting that for you is non-negotiable? So I need there to be buy-in for the long haul. If I'm joining a Dynasty League, I don't want to play redraft. If I'm committing to your Dynasty League, I need to know that we're going to be together for a while. I think there's a good way you can do that is institute a two-year buy-in. Uh, so you have your managers put up two years of dues right up front. The first Dynasty League I ever joined in 2014 is still going today. So it's was our 10th year now because we had a two-year buy-in from the very beginning. And I think that's a really good way. If you're not doing money, just bet your members. Make sure you know who you're joining your Dynasty League with because uh, you're going to be spending a lot of time with these people. I really appreciate the fact that I had to, didn't have to say other than Superflex because almost everybody that I asked that question to, the first thing that just comes to their mind, we're all Superflex snobs, it seems like. Yeah. Superflex comes out. I, I love that, though. Like You do need the buy-in. You, you, I think Scott Fish has talked about this a lot in the last six months, that he thinks the biggest problem in Dynasty right now is people joining startups, playing it like a redraft league, winning, and then leaving after year one. We don't mm -hmm. want to do that. The best thing you can do is if you can be in a league with people you actually know, people you're in some sort of relationship with, that that definitely gets the buy-in going. Question number two. So we are prepping for rookie drafts. You talked mm -hmm. about the football guys, rookie draft guy. That's a great way to do it. But there's not enough time 
to do everything we need to do to evaluate all of these players. Like there, there's film to watch. There's, there's analytics to check out. There's statistical profiles to analyze. And then of course there's other people's opinions. We're going to have a lot of those people on the show over the next three months. Definitely uh, some football, some more football guys. How, how do you divide your time up in ter- sort of evaluating these prospects? So I used to be a strictly analytics guy. Like I would just, just look at the numbers and I realized like I call kind of the a busy abandoned rule where you can't just look at the numbers. You've got to kind of look at some more. And last year, Alfredo Brown over football guys really challenged me to start watching more film. And he actually recommended, he goes, take the rookie draft guide, take that one paragraph snapshot and then watch film according to that, that snapshot. And that was truly the way that, I was really analyzing these rookies coming in last year and I found it to be a great process is what I'm going to do this year. I was kind of waiting for that football guys, rookie draft guide to come out. I'm a company man. What can I say? But really any rookie draft guide, grab that draft guide and then go to the film. I found that process worked really well for me last year. So that's how I like to look at them. I, I think that, I did want to ask though, like what, what's behind you? Um, these, this is my film collection. I used right. to be a film critic. <laughs> you were um, a film critic who didn't watch film. I know, right? Isn't that kind of funny? Isn't that kind of yeah? No, it's twelve hundred movies back there. No. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. No, I think I think that's, and I, it's also good to know yourself. Like, what are you good at? Are you good at parsing a lot of information and, and going through several different experts and deciding who makes the best case? Are you good at watching film and seeing what this guy should have done, or are you good at, at looking at the analytics? And so, I would try to I would tell people like, whatever you think you're better at, spend more time on that, and then let other people do some of the heavy lifting on the other stuff. But I definitely agree with Alfredo. Like, you need a good mix of both film and analytics. Mm-hmm. Question number three: There are like a dozen starting running backs on the free agent market. Give me one guy that you are confident is going to be good for fantasy football next year who currently does not have a team. Um, So Saquon Barkley was in the list of players that I could pull from. Mm-hmm. And that would be the one that I'm most comfortable with because I'm sorry, Adam Azer, you know, on the giants, he wasn't in the best situation and he's still one of the best running backs in the league last year, over 1200 uh, total yards from scrimmage. And what some could consider a down year I feel like even if he ends up back on the Giants, we'll see Saquon Barkley again. But if he goes somewhere, there's a better situation. I don't want to see the Dallas Cowboys, but if he were to slop into that spot, that could be a pretty great situation for Saquon. I feel really safe with him. I think whatever we're getting from him is going to be great. I I do think it's interesting because I, I saw a report yesterday. Both Saquon and the Giants would like to stay together. But that doesn't necessarily mean what it sounds like because Saquon would like to stay with the Giants and be paid what he thinks he's worth. And the Giants would Mm -hmm. like to keep Saquon and pay him what they would pay a rookie running back. And so they still have to come together on what those terms are going to be. I do agree with you. Like, just let's just send him to Dallas. Um, Then he'll, the problem with that is his ADP will probably grow too much or his dynasty value will probably grow too much. And it'll turn into a sell because people will be excited about what he could do. And he's still at the age. And, And that's the thing with these rookie running backs. I think all of them besides Josh Jacobs have already turned at least 26. Most of them are going to be 27, 28. Mm -hmm. Derek Henry's already 30. Um, These guys, even if they weren't changing teams, it would be time to be concerned about them or in, in the case of several of them, past time. Let's take a short break and then we'll start to get into the free agent class. Okay, Joey, we're back, and I want to just kind of work off of Tyler Sullivan's list. He did a, a list of the top 50 free agents at cbssports.com. You can find that on the site, of course. Now, he didn't prioritize these in the order of their fantasy value. He prioritized them in the value in, in terms of their NFL value, which I think this time of year might actually be more helpful because there are some running backs who we might think of, of this guy really matters. Well, those are often the guys that end up waiting until August to find a deal because the NFL doesn't value them in the same way. So we're going to go off Tyler's list. The the number two free agent on Tyler Sullivan's list was Kirk Cousins, which I thought was interesting. He, he, coming off of the torn Achilles, didn't do the Aaron Rodgers, I might come back this year um, drama, but I would expect they're on a relatively similar timeline. We're expecting Cousins to play in 2024. I had, when it first happened, I thought, okay, Kirk Cousins is going to go play somewhere else and it's not going to be near as good for him. 
And then it was, I don't know if it was week seven, week eight, week nine. It was sometime after that when Justin Jefferson was on the sideline and he was wearing a Kirk Cousins t-shirt and he had all the chains, like the video of Kirk Cousins last year, like in memory of Cousins. And knowing that Kirk Cousins was still going to come back and play football, I thought, well, that might mean that Jefferson wants Cousins back, which probably means that Cousins is coming back. Are you leaning towards him being on the Vikings this year? Yeah, I don't think he ends up anywhere else. I mean, if he anywhere else, it would be Atlanta, I would say would be a decent fit. But I do believe Minnesota loves him. Um, he was on pace to break, you know, what is his career high in passing yards and touchdowns last year. But you were mentioning like Justin Jefferson on the sideline. Kirk Cousins never really left that sideline for the Vikings last season. He was out there during their holiday charity drives. And it's that kind of stuff that's like, okay, you're ingrained in the culture. Like, I love seeing that out of Kirk Cousins. I think if you play dynasty the way I like to play in kind of a three-year window, Kirk Cousins is the perfect quarterback target to go out and grab. He might only have three or four seasons left in the league at high production value. But if you get him now, he can help you win a championship or be solid for the next few years. I'd like him as my QB two, but if I have to have him as my QB one, I think I could settle for that. Yeah, I think you look at him in 2024 as a borderline QB one. Mm -hmm. And you look at him in Dynasty definitely as a QB2, but someone who is probably cheaper to buy right now than he will be if he signs a two-year deal with the Vikings, because then everybody will know that he has Justin Jefferson for the next two years. You you mentioned Mm -hmm. Atlanta, and I'm going to swerve off script in the first 12 minutes of the show. I told you it was a a free-flowing show. So I saw that Justin Fields has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram and is following Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Are we supposed to care about this? I care about it. I love it. <laughs> I, I truly like, I don't think maybe I'm the one that's going to spearhead narrative analysis. Cause like, you know, revenge games, things like that. There's something to it. I totally buy into it. Maybe like I've watched JFK and I'm a conspiracy theorist way too much, but I buy into every little thread I see. <laughs> so I actually talked to Mark Andrews during the season last year. And I asked him about several of our narratives. Most of them he shot down in a very unfun way. He did confirm that the revenge game is 100% a thing. And so welcome to believe in that one and actually factor that one into the projections. Mm -hmm. At number four, Tyler had T. Higgins, another guy who I'm not sure if he's going anywhere. But let's just talk for a moment as if he was. How much would that impact your evaluation or does it of Joe Burrow? And I think it's kind of the same thing if we – view T Higgins on a franchise situation. I don't think they're signing him to a new contract. Like if they keep him, they're keeping him for one more year. Let's see if we can run it back one more year. We've only seen Burrow with Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. Sure. A bad offensive line. Are we sure he's going to be just as good if Higgins leaves either this off season or next off season? I I think Burrow is fine. I I think he's and for my book he's still like a top seven dynasty quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Burrow. As far as Higgins, actually with Burrow missing time last year, made me feel a little bit better about Higgins because Higgins kind of thrived with Jake Browning. Yeah, yeah. I think you said top seven, and there was a period of time where you might have gotten booed for saying top seven because a lot of people had Joe Burrow as a top three or four dynasty quarterback. He's my number six quarterback right now. Okay. I, I have a hard time with what to do with Higgins, e- even in the circumstance that we're expecting that he receives the franchise tag, doesn't go anywhere this year. I, I, we have had some a really checkered past of wide receivers like him going to a new team with a worse quarterback and getting a big contract. He seems like the type of free agent, though, that if he goes somewhere, like he's going to get tagged, like you said. But if he were to go to the Chiefs right. or to the Bills, like I don't think he's going to be leaving for a non-competing, a competitive destination, in my mind. At some point, we are going to get to players that are actually going to change teams. I am not yes. sure that it's going to be this third <laughs> player we're going to talk about. Number 10 on Tyler Sullivan's list of uh, NFL free agents, Michael Pittman, 26-year-old wide receiver who just had a very good year. But you do wonder... How much of that had to do with the fact that Anthony Richardson got hurt and he had Gardner Minshew, and so the offense wasn't quite as run-centric as they had thought it would be? I've got Pittman around wide receiver 20 in Dynasty, between 20 and 25. Um, I'm, again, anticipating that he's either going to sign a deal with the Colts or he's going to be franchise-tagged. That could be wrong. 
Um, do you, are you expecting him to remain a Colts? And do you think that low end number two wide receiver range is about right? I think the low end wide receiver two range is about right. I have, you know, Michael Pittman's always been a wide receiver that's just been outside that 12 for me. And I'm just like, what is it going to take for him to bump me up? And maybe I just like previews because I like movies, but I got that four game and it wasn't even a full four game preview with Andy Richardson. And that did give me a little bit of confidence in him. But we have three seasons now where, you know, Michael Pittman's averaging 140 targets per season. I'm not sure how much of that goes away with Shane Steich in there. I would love for them to develop into this great, like Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen relationship. Do we see that? I don't know, but I think Michael Pittman's going to stay in Indianapolis for sure. All right. So that the top three, I agree. Kirk Cousins, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman likely returning to their locations. Now, now we get to see Joey cry. Mike yeah, Evans, 30, 30 years old, just had we'll be 31 next year. That's the way age works. Just had one of the best age 30 seasons I can remember. I, and I'm just going to put your mind at ease because I know you see all this Chiefs stuff behind me. Apologies. I don't have my new Chiefs Super Bowl pennant. Coming, I just I just <laughs> got this one uh, like six months ago, but it's outdated now because, oops, they won another Super Bowl. Um, oh, darn. <laughs> I don't think he's going to Kansas City. Okay. I, I really don't. But he, I do think he's going somewhere. Mike Evans appears to want a big payday. And that does not seem to be going to happen in Tampa Bay. Any thoughts on where he's going? And is, he's certainly risky at this age, right? He is. And I, I mean, you have the 10 seasons in a row with a thousand yards. If you follow me on X or Twitter, I mean, every week I was saying Mike Evans is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. And I think that narrative's put to rest now. I think everyone agrees. Great. Okay, yes. he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. He has this opportunity now to be one of the greats, if you ask me. If he puts together another three seasons and wins in two Super Bowls because he picks the right he what's what's the phrase? Because we know that I'm not good with phrases with pigeonhole. Right. Is a hitch right. to the right horse? You hitch your wagon to the right horse. Did yes. I get that one right? It's close enough. Okay. Yeah. If Mike Evans hitches his wagon to the correct horse, uh, he could be one of the all-time greats. So you say he's not going to the Chiefs. I'll concede that. What other teams are out there ready to contend? I mean, does the 49ers make sense if they move on from Brandon Ayuk and they can get him on a smaller contract? If he wants a big payday, I don't know. So I I would I still think it's probably going to be the Chiefs, though. I think they want to reward Patrick Mahomes. I know he wants a big payday, but I Super probably Bowl's- said this last year. Thankfully, I didn't have a dynasty show, so I, I wouldn't have said it on on air. But I, I do think I'm viewing Evans as a sell right now, just because okay. it like it seems like there's one of two things he's going to prioritize, and it's going to be money or it's going to be rings. And I don't know that either of those are going to lead to more targets than what, what he saw in Tampa Bay this most recent year. And we've seen it with several wide receivers. Like you get to this age, and he might might only be one year away or he might be two years away. You, you may get lucky and get three more years but it's very likely that the cliff is is right around the corner. Now, at the same time, he's 30 years old. It might be that you can't sell until he signs with someone and then they somebody gets really excited about that. Where where would you put Evans in terms of a dynasty wide receiver ranking? Is he a wide receiver three for you now just because of the age? He, because of the age and because of how long you'll get to keep him, he's a high-end wide receiver three for me. Mm-hmm. I, like I mentioned about Kirk Cousins, like if you need to go out and win now or you're playing in a three-year window, this is the kind of wide receiver I'm targeting right now. If I can get Mike Evans on the cheap and I like, you know what? I, I'm going to rebuild out in a couple of years. Mike Evans is the kind of wide receiver I want. Do would you feel that way too? If he ended somewhere you like? Yeah. Um, like there's some older wide receivers and I was just kind of looking at where I have him ranked relative to them. I'm a little lower than you. I have him as a low end wide receiver three. Um, okay. I've got him two spots behind Cooper cup. I've got him one spot ahead of Amari Cooper. Those guys are all 30. I've got them just ahead of Calvin Ridley and Devontae Adams. Where's Keenan Allen? And Keenan Allen actually really? and, and and he is he's an interesting one that we probably don't talk about the risk with him enough mm-hmm. because it is a new coaching staff that's likely going to go more run heavy and his contract situation could make him end up on this free agent list. But as of right now, I'm projecting him with Justin Herbert and on the Chargers. And so he is ahead of all of these guys. Okay. And I agree with that. I have yeah. Keenan Allen at but there, I think he's the only – he and Cup are the only wide receivers who are already 30 who are ahead of Evans. Tyreek Hill going to turn 30 if he hasn't already. I think he's going to do it this offseason. And he would also be ahead of Evans, obviously. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a tough spot, and it really just depends. Can you, in terms of selling, can you find that contender who who wants to go make that purchase right now? Like you said. Um, otherwise you might be holding him until end season. And that does provide some risk in terms of what happens the first few weeks on his new team at, at number 18. And this is an interesting one. I, I was shocked to see Marquise Brown, basically the same age as Michael Pittman. I uh, was, things were supposed to go much better when he left the run heavy Baltimore offense and went to Arizona to play with his best friend, or at least former quarterback in Kyler Murray, Marquise Brown's a guy who I think could end up on the Kansas City Chiefs, kind of the high-end option, if it's not the low-end option of Gabe mm-hmm. Davis. Um, I'm. This is one where I think where the value in terms of the NFL is much different in terms of the value in terms of fantasy. You could probably buy him for a late 2024 second right now, right? Right, yeah. And I think my hope with Marquise Brown is he doesn't end up on the Cardinals because – right. Trey McBride breakout second half of the season. And it does seem like Marvin Harrison Jr. most likely is going to end up on the Cardinals. I feel like that's where I right. see most mocks sending him. So now you've got Marquise Brown as the third best option. And if you want him to return back to where he was in 2021 with over a thousand receiving yards, it doesn't really seem like it's going to be Arizona. Um, so I kind of hope he does move on. Chiefs would be, of course, a great destination if you were to go there. His value would go up. But where he's at right now with Arizona, I don't see him much more than as a wide receiver three. I definitely think if he's on your roster, he is somebody to hold right now. He's, yes, his yes. value has moved Wait, in the wrong direction, and, and there are several outs to where things could look a lot better for mm-hmm. him in just a couple of months. Um, if you want to try to buy cheap, I, I don't hate that idea either. If you're a young, it's, it's just it's hard to find the right situation because a contender, I'm not sure you're buying him, and a rebuilder. A 26-year-old wide receiver, it's just kind of okay in terms of the age situation. Let's let's go to one more before our, our second break here, and it's your it's your quarterback. I don't know if he's your quarterback anymore. Baker Mayfield, the man who destroyed DJ Moore and my rankings two years ago, and then showed up in Tampa Bay and really, really delivered what I expected him to do in 2022. Fantastic season last year with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They brought in a, an offensive coordinator from the Rams that Baker apparently approves. So it seems like they're trying to bring Baker back. But if they do, and it's Chris Godwin and Trey Palmer as his top two targets, is he even a low-end number two quarterback? I think he's a low-end number two. I don't think he's going to finish as a QB one or even sniff at it like he did this year. Uh, I, top 15 might be in the realm of possibilities. I don't think Trey Palmer is awful. I think he could definitely put something together. But Kate Otten seems to be the name that nobody wants to mention. Him and Baker Mayfield really seem to kind of get on the same page. Uh, I do think if there's any hope of Mike Evans coming back to Tampa Bay, it's this Baker Mayfield relationship that they built this year. Um, you've heard both of them speak so highly of each other. Maybe I'm just buying into that too much because I want it to happen. I want Mike Evans to stay a Buccaneer for life. Um, but listen, the Buccaneers are a team that, and I know we had Brady, never really thrived with the best quarterback in the league. We right. always got by with defense. So Baker, for me, seems like the perfect fit for a Buccaneers offense. Sign Baker and build that defense back up to get back to what we know. And in the meantime, I think Baker's definitely serviceable. If Chris Godwin's there, I think they can build up a good relationship. I mean, they already kind of have a little bit. Um, but it's not QB1 numbers. It's it's super flex QB2. Yeah, I, I, I just wonder, and I'm, I'm going to veer off again at, with my Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Buccaneers fan, um, because the, like you got a couple of teams in this division. Obviously, the Panthers are just lost in the wilderness. I, I don't know when the hope is for yeah. the Panthers. Um, and the Falcons are just hoping that the, the, the coach and the QB change or the thing that, that really sets things loose for them. And then you get the Saints in Tampa Bay that seem like they are just hanging on by a thread of an really from my perspective an unrealistic thread like it's already snapped you just don't know it yet you're falling the threads in your hand but it's over um are you are you at all ready for a rebuild i don't want to say a rebuild i guess i've always felt like the nfc south as you hung out in the fsga i like college basketball and i always feel like the nfc south's a mid-major like we're, we're never bringing the best team to the playoffs but somehow we win a game like we beat the eagles this year and I was when I was in Vegas, someone's like, oh, how excited are you guys beat the Eagles? And I was like, did we really or did the Eagles kind of beat themselves earlier in the in the week? Then, you know, yeah. I, so I I don't know if I'm ready for a rebuild. 
I think to win the NFC South, I think we have the pieces that are in place that can improve our defense. Uh, I do think Atlanta's probably going to win that division next year. I think what Tampa Bay's won it three years in a row now. That's a, that's a, I, I appreciate you sliding that in there. Does, is this reflect at all on your strategy as a dynasty fantasy football manager? Are are you also a, a hanger on or and trying to avoid the inevitable rebuild? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, that 2014 uh, dynasty league. I think I won two out of the first four seasons, and then I've just been hanging on. And like I'm, my quarterback's position's decimated, and no one will trade with me because I won the first two championships. Right. And now I do this for a living and they all think I know something, which right. listen, I really don't. <laughs> but that is the curse of home leagues when you work in this industry. Absolutely. But I think it's good for people to hear from somebody who, who is just always fighting to keep competing because I talk a lot on this show about first or worst. It's kind of the, the, the Ricky, Ricky Bobby strategy. And that's not necessarily for everyone. Some people absolutely hate the idea that I'm going to sell everything. And for the next two years, I'm going to be terrible. And then I'm going to have a, a, a great team again. Um, some people would like to just keep churning. And there is, there's definitely more than one way to skin a cat. That's the, that's the term, right? I think, yeah, that is, that is the term. term yeah. I think you have to wor- worry about how bad your last place punishment is in the league. Oh, okay. If you yes. Play that first or worst style. Um, like my punishment in my main home league, like, I I've made the playoffs with 15 years, not 14 out of 15 years, because I never want that last place punishment. It's just awful. And okay. it affects our home lives. Like I don't want that. <laughs> that's a that's a fair a fair distinction. Let's take one more short break. And you know, at some point we got to talk about running backs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Joey. We we are back. We are not quite ready to talk about running backs. Coming in at number six on terms of our list or seven, but number 20 on Tyler Sullivan's list, Calvin Ridley. Um, this is one of the guys that I kind of feel like maybe, you know, sometimes you puff your chest out a little bit. I was right about him last year, but I have no idea what to think about him this year. Um, did Jacksonville talking like they want to bring him back? I'm not really sure. I understand why that didn't work. And you just lost to CJ Stroud, who in his rookie year, like you need to make some improvements to that team. Uh, Ridley didn't quite look like the same guy, but also, I mean, what did the guy have? 18 almost touchdowns, seemingly always standing in the end zone with one foot out of bounds, um, <laughs> catching the ball or bobbling it as he runs out of bounds. Uh, Ridley's already 29. All that time that yeah. he missed, he's he's aged. Like this was definitely a test of whether people worry more about the tread on the tire because he's missed a lot of games or the age. I worry a lot more about the age. Uh, another guy here where I think he's, like I said, a number three wide receiver, just barely he's behind Mike Evans for me. Do you have more optimism for Ridley and do you kind of expect him to just stay in Jacksonville? Um, I don't really expect him to stay in Jacksonville. Ridley's the kind of player I don't like to have on my teams. Cause he's so boomer bust last year, six games with over 19 PPR fantasy points. He averaged almost 25 PPR fantasy points per game in those games. The other 11 though, he only averaged 7.4 fantasy points per game. I don't like that much of a boom and bust even as my wide receiver three um so i usually avoid guys like calvin ridley if you can find a manager in your league that likes those guys sell them away and I, as, if i have to have a jaguars receiver i want christian kirk and 100 so we yeah. agree completely on the kirk ridley dynamic mm-hmm. but i again I, I think everybody in the in the chat probably knowing well Heath's that guy you can sell him the boom bust wide receivers because those are my kind of guys <laughs> and that's what that's what makes this game so much fun is that mm-hmm. there, there are like you do have to know the managers in your league and know what types of players they're after. Now, I have to say, I wasn't particularly fond of Ridley this year. He's not, by the time we add the rookies in, he's not going to be a top 40 dynasty wide receiver for me. So I'm not, I'm not really excited about adding him, but maybe when he returns to Jacksonville, a small cell window opens up. He's just the type of guy that I'm not sure there's elite upside for 2024, and I'm not sure there's a three-year window for starter production. That does it with the top seven free agents on Tyler Sullivan's list. We have to get all the way down to number 31 to get to a running back, and that makes sense. Running backs in the NFL Mm -hmm. do not possess the same value that they used to, or they do, and the league just figured out how much value they actually possess. Um, and it's kind of getting that way in fantasy football as well. I, I just tweeted this morning about 
And, you know, John Bosch's strategy of just do not roster running backs. You can roster running backs when you get to November or December. Like if you make the playoffs, then maybe you should add a couple of running backs. Not all of our leagues are without trade deadlines, of course. Uh, but Saquon Barkley does come in at number 31. He was also the guy that you chose as mm-hmm. the most likely to be productive. Let's say he doesn't go back to the Giants. He doesn't go to Dallas, which kind of seems unlikely to me. I think he's going to one of those two places. Is there anywhere else where you'd be excited about him? And is is maybe a better question, like, is there anything that could cause you to say, nope, never mind, I'd rather have this free agent running back? Um, if Barkley were to go to a team that was just like one piece away from having it all, like Houston Texans, you think of Barkley going to the Houston Texans, they've got everything else. I love the receiving core, great young quarterback defense is good. I like Dalton Schultz. I know we're going to talk about him a little bit as a tight end. Um, offensively, they seem like they're one piece away. Right. I'd be really excited for him. I honestly, unless he goes into a crowded backfield, I cannot think of a team that Barkley goes to. Like maybe if he went to Atlanta, I would be so upset because I want to <laughs> break out. And that's an Atlanta thing. They'll, Arthur they'll Smith's not, no, Arthur Smith's back. not there anymore. It's okay. That's right. He's gone. Arthur now, Smith's so. gone. He, he may, maybe he goes to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and, and, and Arthur <laughs> Smith has uh, Najee and Jalen Warren and Saquon. No, I think you like the, the what you really meant to say, and Adam's not here, which is why you didn't say it probably, but I, there's not a situation worse than the Giants. He's going to go to a team think there is. that scores yeah. fewer points and throws to their running backs less. Yeah. I, it's, um, he's, almost certainly going to have a situation upgrade. It's just whether he can hold up. Now, I probably would have put Josh Jacobs ahead of Barkley in terms of dynasty value. He is right after Barkley on Tyler's list. It's funny. Mm -hmm. He had no running backs in the top 30. 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, all running backs, which I think makes sense. Like the guys that you were actually interested in where they go, there's not a whole lot of difference um, I'd love, love, love to see Jacobs go to Dallas. That'd be a fantastic Ooh. situation. I'd be okay if he stays in Las Vegas on the Raiders because I think they're going to be a play defense and run type of team. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really only had one spectacular season, but he's also still just 25 years old. So this guy, if he goes and lands a three-year deal now, I'm sure somebody's going to bring up Miles Sanders because that was my big miss last year, and he has a similar profile. Um, but I, I definitely think he he's a guy who sticks around in that RB20 range, right? Yeah, I don't think – last year he was kind of sniffing that RB1 range because of what happened in 2022. Right. With, was it 300 – what was it? 393 touches that he had in 2022. And going to 2023, we, there's a lot of history with 350 total carries for running backs. And some of them fall off. Not everyone's Sean Alexander. You know, they can't have this miraculous right. season the following year. Um, but Las Vegas seems committed to him. And I, that's what makes me excited for him. But I don't think he's going to sniff that RB1 territory like he was before. He does seem like an RB2 on your team. If you have him as an RB2 and the workload he's going to get, I think that's a really good situation to have him in. Right. You you hope he goes somewhere where he gets to handle the passing downs because that's kind mm-hmm. of been the differentiator for him. When he's when they're throwing him the ball, um, he's extremely valuable. And he's talked about the fact that he absolutely thought that his holdout h- hindered his production early in the year. It took him a while to get going. Um, and we had somebody on FFT last 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 fall actually that speculated that the running backs that hold out takes a little while to get going. So maybe maybe he does bounce back to the type of efficiency that we saw two years ago. It's really going to for all these running backs, it's going to depend on landing spot. Uh, the next running back on the list, Tony Pollard, who is I I, I loved to bring this up last year because Tony Pollard has always been older than Josh Jacobs, but certainly does not seem like he's older than Josh Jacobs. I'm not sure Tony Pollard gets a starting running back deal. Now, again, there was the qualification with Jacobs that the holdout hampered him. Pollard said he wasn't healthy until week 11 this year from the prior season's injury. Mm -hmm. But when you have a guy who was a backup running back for so long, got the chance to be the feature guy and performed at a much lower level, I feel like he's headed straight to a committee. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect fit for him. And I think he can actually be productive mm-hmm. in a committee because we've seen him do it before. If he goes somewhere where they already kind of have a bruising running back and they can kind of put him in that passing down role. Um, I, we're going to talk about another guy later that I like a little bit more for that type of a fit. But Tony Pollard's definitely someone that I could have on my dynasty roster be okay with. But he's not 
a top five running back like a lot of people, myself included, were ranking him coming into last year because he had that Dallas Cowboy, uh, you know, lead back role. He's right. he's not that running back. Uh, he does need to be in a committee. I think that's a perfect fit for him, though, to be efficient. Last year, his stats were almost the exact same as 2022, but he had 75 less total touches. So get him in a committee, and he actually just be really efficient to be productive for your fantasy team. Real quick, right? Because I think these three kind of belong in a tier of their own. Rank, Jacobs, Barkley, and Pollard for dynasty purposes. I still would have to have Barkley, Jacobs, then Pollard. Okay, and I've got it. I've got it. Jacobs, Barkley, then Pollard, and I and I feel like Pollard is the riskiest of the three. Ooh, um, absolutely. I, I think. I think a big point is that the, the thing we don't know. The riskiest of the three is probably the guy who's going to refuse to accept the contract. Like what happens is one of these guys is going to think, no, I'm worth $10 million a year. And then they're going to be sitting there in August waiting for somebody to get hurt. And so I'll feel much better almost across the board with the free agent running backs, the guys that sign sooner. (laughs) Um, So you don't have that risk that they turn into. It was Dalvin Cook last year. Now, it worked out once with your team, Leonard Fournette. Um, He waited around until camp, and then things worked out okay. I want to combine the next two guys on the list, and definitely more valuable for 2024 NFL purposes than for dynasty purposes because Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, already 30 years old, Austin Eckler, already 28, definitely going to turn 29 before the season starts. Uh, Henry at least still looked like himself last year. Eckler experienced a major drop-off. Don't really expect either of these guys to be with their current team or their teams from last year. Do you think either of them could be a full feature back or would the best case scenario would be they, they agree to take smaller deals and just go combine into the best backfield ever? I think in Derrick Henry's situation specifically, if he goes somewhere with like a mobile quarterback with like Mm -hmm. a Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, I think that's the perfect kind of fit where they don't need him to run 25 times a game where he can run 16 to 18 times a game and be extremely productive because you just tell Derrick Henry, I mean, they did it last year in Tennessee. They dropped his carries down. It was the first time he's been under 20 carries a game. Right. And he was still pretty efficient with what they gave him. Um, So I think if he goes to a situation like that, or maybe they have a true passing down back or a mobile first quarterback, I think Derrick Henry can be productive for like the next two years. I can't even say a three-year window. It's I should stop saying he's done. Because he just keeps proving me wrong and wrong and wrong and everybody wrong. Yeah, yeah not, not just you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so no, I, I, I'm more concerned that that one of these guys ends up without a starting job than I am the, the first three for sure. Probably mm-hmm. more concerned that's Eckler than Henry. I could see Eckler just in a passing downs role. I also think if either one of them signs early in the offseason, I'm trying to sell. And if these are the types of guys that you think I want to target them for my contender – I'm waiting until the trade deadline because with with the amount of touches they've handled with their age, um, there's significant injury risk. And I don't want to trade a draft pick for them in July and week three they're hurt and they don't help my contender when we're contending. So not not buys at all. Definitely sells if if a good landing spot enhances their value. we got a couple more guys here left in the top 53, in fact, We'll be real short with Gabe Davis, who's somehow still just 24 years old. I loved, loved, loved his goodbye to Buffalo that was, I think, supposed to be really nice and then ends with him featuring all of his stats that he's led the NFL in and showing that he's like 86th in target rate. Um, Gabe Davis wants some more targets. Now, I thought he was the perfect guy to put next to Rasheed Rice and just send Gabe Davis deep over and over, but he, he might be done with being on the uh, blocking and cardio team. I have to be extremely careful what I say about Gabe Davis because he is my daughter's. Uh, it was her preschool teachers. That's her nephew. Uh-huh. And so the last time I said something bad about Gabe Davis, <laughs> got back to him. Um, and now my daughter is a year back from all of her friends. Perfect. Um, she's still not started kindergarten yet because I said one thing about Gabe Davis. No, I'm kidding. My, my opinion of him really hasn't changed though. He does seem like he's boom bust. And I've said it before. I'm not a huge fan of these boom bust guys. Right. And if he, he gave his goodbye to Buffalo, that's good because – he might have been the fourth best option in Buffalo now if he were to stay there. So I thought you were going to be else. nice to Gabe Davis. Good grief. Um, so so definitely know. somebody that you're hoping – you probably don't have him on your roster, but you're hoping a little bit of steam from a signing and go go trade him away. 
Yes, yeah, but I would trade him away if if I have him on my team. Wide receiver, he needs to be my fifth best wide receiver. Is what okay, I'm at. I and think. that's true. Even if my my uh, completely unbased speculation about the Chiefs pairing him up with Mahomes and Rasheed Rice. The thing, if anyone goes to the Chiefs, their value should <laughs> so it would change a lot. I mean, that's that's such a very right. unique and wonderful situation for anyone that falls into that. <laughs> we have two tight ends in the top 50, Dalton Schultz and Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Henry's 29, Schultz is 27. I was for some reason, I really thought Houston gave him more than a one-year deal. Things started really pretty well for Schultz in Houston, but it was an interesting situation there all year long. It didn't seem like we ever had everybody healthy at the same time. And so I, I am very skeptical if, if he decides to go back to Houston and Nico Collins and Tank Dell are able to play 17 games, that Schultz is going to see very many targets at all. He's kind of one of those guys who has proven, without a doubt, he is good enough, if you are going to throw him the ball 100 times, to be a top 10 fantasy tight end. He's also, I don't think, good enough to demand targets if you have really good wide receivers. Correct. The the area that I think Dalton Schultz thrives in, it, it's where his stat line's at, is in the red zone. Like right. he loves being targeted in the red zone. And that's in t- and sometimes in a tight end situation, if you don't got a Laporta, you don't got a Kelsey, you don't got an Andrews McBride, you don't have one of those top tier tight ends, Dalton Schultz falling down in the end zone to get you six points. That, that might be all you need that week. So yeah. in those situations, I'm okay with Schultz, especially if I'm gonna wait on like a Brock Bowers or one of the younger tight ends like from the Packers, like I'm okay rostering him, but I don't think he's anybody can move forward with. And I don't really want to talk about Hunter Henry. Um, I was hoping I didn't write anything down for him. You don't need to write anything down for Hunter Henry. We're <laughs> going to avoid Hunter Henry. If he's still on your team, it's it's too late to sell him. You should have sold him when he signed the contract with the Patriots, probably. Um, yeah, we're, we're not interested in that. There are four running backs who, for, for good reason, didn't make – Tyler's list of the top 50 most important free agents in the NFL because they're running backs and they're maybe not starting running backs. Although I think one of them might surprise people and that's DeAndre Swift. I was just looking at my running back rankings from Mm -hmm. a year ago. He was my RB eight. I think like 15 months ago, he was a consensus top five dynasty running back. Um, Things didn't go quite as planned in Philadelphia And I think we have to accept now probably that DeAndre Swift is not a workhorse running back. He's not somebody who's going, but, but I, but I, I do want to know, do you think there's any hope that he can get back to what he was at last year in Detroit when he was healthy? And like you said, with Tony Pollard, maybe it's 220 touches, Yeah, but he just goes bananas in terms of efficiency. does the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles like DeAndre Swift? Because that was his problem in Detroit, from what I've heard, is Dan Campbell just wasn't a huge Swift fan. Right. Uh, I, I think the best situation for Swift would be if somebody does come in for this early down work and he does return it to that receiving downs back that we thought he was going to be from the beginning, that he is right. very good at. Uh, so I, I do think that would be the best situation for him. So I agree with you on that. But he has to go somewhere where they're going to throw to their running backs because that's just not something generally mobile quarterbacks are going to do. And it's definitely not something that Jalen Hurts has done very much. Um, I I don't know what the plan exactly is going to be in Michigan or Michigan in Los Angeles for the Chargers. (laughs) It's basically Michigan now. My my. Ever since that hiring happened, I just assumed they're going to draft Blake Corum in round three and (laughs) hand the ball off to him 350 times. But going somewhere with a sledgehammer, you're right, where he gets to run the ball on third downs and catch 60 passes and average five and a half yards per carry. I think that's the ideal situation. I do still have him because, again, another guy who's young, like Jacobs, I still view him as kind of a borderline number two running back. But certainly, like Pollard, a lot of risk there over the next couple of months. Three more guys. I'll I'll group these guys together and really an odd grouping, but they're all free agents and they all have very uncertain futures. Devin Singletary, who just destroyed Damian Pierce in the past 12 months. That hurt. Can we talk about that? Like, Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to tell you where I had Damian Pierce ranked a a year ago. (laughs) I, I believe me, I had a, a pink t-shirt with like 17 faces of Damian Pierce. I'm a yeah. huge Damian Pierce fan. Like, is the door closed? 
because for Damian Pierce, a, yes, is it closed? I do think it's more interesting to talk about Damian Pierce than Devin Singletary for sure. That's what I'm, <laughs> no when I saw Devin Singletary's name on here, I was like, eh, I, I know what he is, but did we just have a long hangover from Damian Pierce that 2022 season where he came out in 10 games and looked like truly one of the best rookie running backs in the league? Was it just a rough year last year? And maybe he can bounce back because Devin Singletary did seem like an insurance policy if Damian Pierce couldn't make it back on the field, which he did not. The, but the, the people camp, who were it. smarter than me last <laughs> offseason, uh, I know this because it's proven true, said that mm-hmm. Damian Pierce didn't fit the system that they were going to mm-hmm. run in Houston very well. And that Devin Singletary, while he wasn't necessarily as talented, fit the system better. And I think we saw that bear out over the season. So I, the hope for Damian Pierce is probably that he gets cut. Okay. And maybe even gets cut in your fantasy football league. And then you could pick, like, I'm not trading for Damian Pierce. And I'm I'm trying to hold him probably until September just to make sure. But I, I don't think in Houston, like, if that coaching staff prefers Devin Singletary, and if Devin Singletary can flat out be better in that system, then I don't have much hope for Damian Pierce in that system. Just as someone that has him on pretty much every dynasty roster, just hanging on the hanging there in the we're, we're gonna, he's gonna yeah he's definitely like <laughs> one thing we're gonna have to talk about in the next couple of months is that is guys on that cut line because mm-hmm. I, i've got i've got leagues that have three rookie picks i've got leagues that have eight rookie picks and you got to clear those roster spots in my leagues before the draft happens i'm going to do what i can to not cut damian pierce and if somebody does cut him he's someone i'm going to be looking to try to to pick back up off the garbage pile um and and just just let's let's get to September and see what is rolling. Maybe he gets cut in August, and then somebody else picks him up. Somebody gets hurt, and we get to see it look like Damian Pierce again. Yeah, I thought it was like him and Isaiah Pacheco were two guys, and I was I had Pierce ahead, but it's that's it's a very risky profile. Those day three or UDFA running backs who really increase their value in their rookie year. And I think the safest thing to do when you you hit one of those lottery tickets is sell. Um, okay. And especially, and this was the difference, we, we talked about this on, on regular fantasy football today, especially when there's a coaching change. Um, with James Robinson, when, it, when he felt it was a coaching change. Michael Carter, it was a coaching change. Um, Damian Pierce, it was a coaching change. Pacheco's coaching system stayed the same. That's why I have some hope that Kyron Williams is able to uh, hold on to his role for at least another year in yeah. Los Angeles. Uh, the other two guys on the list, because we are not going to talk about Devin Singletary, obviously, Antonio Gibson and J.K. Dobbins. I, man, I love J.K. Dobbins. I don't know if he's J.K. Dobbins anymore. That's my fear. It's, yeah. There's too much injury concern with me with Dobbins to confidently roster him as anything higher than an RB3 or RB4 even. When some when he got hurt, um, his his manager uh, was ready to spite drop him in my dynasty league and just sent out a message that said, first person that offers me a fourth round pick for J.K. Dobbins, he's yours. And I offered a fourth round pick and took him. And um, again, we'll let's see what he looks like in September. Okay. Um, and then Antonio Gibson. Do you have any hope? Is, is he a Damian? No, territory? I, I've. Yeah, I've. Hold on, let's not go that far. Um, <laughs> I I've never been able to pan out with Antonio Gibson uh, more than it's like a bi week replacement in in redraft. Honestly, for dynasty, I just I don't know what the allure of holding on to him would be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you have, you kind of have to sit on him. You can't really trade him for anything. Well, I I think we find out like he is someone because he's not on a roster that when we by the time we get to the NFL draft, he's either going to be on a new team or he's going to be sitting out there and running back free agent purgatory. Mm-hmm. And so if he's on a new team, I, I can probably justify trying to hold him through that rookie draft. If he okay. is a free yeah. agent in the NFL, I'm probably going to let him be a free agent in my dynasty league as well. Did I miss any pending free agents that you wanted to talk about? No, I think you hit them all. Every single one of them, Joey says. I bet somebody sends me an email and says differently, Joey Wright. Let's talk. Speaking of emails, I've got a couple. Mm -hmm. We're going to read. I've got four, actually. So that'd be a few, right? Nope, five. I think that's several. Davin asks us, if I do a startup Superflex dynasty, should there be limitations on how many quarterbacks you can keep year over year? This is a test, Joey. Yeah, so... 
that word limitations, I feel like if you're putting limitations on a position, you're limiting strategy in the league. And for me, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. Right. If, you know, if I go into a startup dynasty league, uh, one of my coworkers at football guys, Dave Kluge, he loves to take three or four quarterbacks in a dynasty Sounds startup. Just like Dave. Sounds just like Dave. Yeah. That's, I tried to act like <laughs> get my hair like him. No. Um, for the reason that the quarterback value will never be higher than on dynasty startup day. So somebody like Baker Mayfield that he got, uh, as his third or fourth quarterback, he can flip him at the end of the season for a Devonta Smith to that team that maybe needs a quarterback right. with injuries going on. Um, so limiting that quarterback would take away that strategy and a few other strategies. And I'm just not a big fan of that. I, I played but, in. It, yes. oh, good. No, no. If you, you, you have I have no buts here. Oh, no, no. But if you are going to have limitations, that needs to be in your constitution yes. year one. So that way, cool people like Joey and I can say, oh, that doesn't look fun. Yeah. We're not going to play in that league. Um, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I played in the first league in a long time that had limitations. It was a 10-team super flex redraft league this past year run by someone at CBS. Um, I think I finished in last place. And it limited you to three quarterbacks. And it drove me absolutely crazy. And I did not enjoy it. And sure, it's just because of the quarterback rule, not because I finished. And last, Dan has been offered Justin Jefferson for Travis Etienne and a late 2024 first. Dan, I'm sorry that I waited a couple of days to get to this email. I hope that the person has not come to their senses yet. Joey, we're sprinting to accept this deal, correct? Oh, 100%. And I love all the context he gave here. Like, it is pretty much a, yeah, go ahead and get it, except you got Justin Jefferson. Yeah. But you gave us that context of having Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker as your running back. So that's good depth. You also have Javante and Pacheco. But combining Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, good luck trying to take this team out. Like, I love this trade for you. So Matt has got a grade the trade. He's not He's not asking for our approval. He's already done the trade. It is okay. a 12-team super flex. Start three running backs and four wide receivers, which is pretty weird. And then he says standard scoring, which I think means non-PPR, which is absolutely not standard anymore in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Um, but we're going to assume that's what he means. I don't know what that means for the passing touchdowns for quarterbacks, but he traded Josh Allen and Brees Hall. Hall is my number two running back. Allen is my number one quarterback. So you better have got a Hall, Matt. Mm -hmm. He received Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Jonathan Taylor. Is that enough, Joey? I think it's like a win-win trade for both sides. I think it's a – for that many, the three running backs and four wide receivers, I assume there's probably some flexes involved – Getting that much depth, and while it's only three players, I do like that, but it's just kind of like a win-win, like a B trade for me. Yeah, I, I think, I know this is one where the trade chart's going to love it, because I said Allen was my number one quarterback, Hertz is easily a top three quarterback. I said Hall was my number two running back, Taylor's easily a top four running back, and so... The, the, the cherry on top is you get A.J. Brown. That is a very nice cherry, even if you don't really mm -hmm. like cherries. Everybody in the chat's agreeing with us on the uh, positional limits, and, and I really appreciate that. Thank you guys oh, for the chat. support. What do you expect? Good, very <laughs> smart. Probably because they saw you were on the show, all the smart people came. Kevin mm -hmm. says he has the first two picks in his super flex mm -hmm. rookie draft. He already has Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Tua. And so, rightly, the other fantasy managers in his league are starting to sniff around. Um, what, what does it take to get up to one or two? Uh, he wants to know, like, he's kind of, it sounds like, I mean, you've got the first two picks. We're, we're in rebuild mode here for sure. Is it absolutely crazy to start with Marvin Harrison and neighbors? Uh, what are your thoughts on... If you like taking those positional needs, or are you trying to trade down to three or four and still get them? I think Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. I don't think that's crazy at all. Mm -hmm. 101. I've seen it happen a lot in Superflex, even. Uh, so I don't think you're crazy to do that. Um, and if you want the assurance you're going to get neighbor at 102, you can do it. I don't think you need to. I think Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels will go in the top three picks. So I think you could trade back to four and maybe get a little bit of depth, but you're in a really good position too, where you've got three valuable quarterbacks, I would say. So maybe you could, you know, you mentioned what other strategies could you go with. You know, maybe you shop um, a Tua and maybe get Devonta Smith yes. or Chris Olave. 
Like I would kind of just open your options up and look at all angles of this. I would, I'm keeping the 101 to get Marvis and Harrison. Like that's, that's a no brainer, but that 102, like I would kind of play with it. Shop your quarterbacks around, see what other wide receiver you could get where neighbors might not be that much of a a need for you. At the very least, can you see if the team that has three, like he's probably got three for a reason. He might not have been paying that much of attention. Maybe he doesn't know you have one and two. Can you see if you Mm -hmm. can move down from one to three and pick something up and he drops a quarterback and then you still get the two guys you want anyway? Absolutely. And it's also about what the teams that you're trading to need. If you know they need a quarterback, you're minimizing your risk that something's going to happen at that three or four pick. Tim wrote to us, and he's got a 10-team, half PPR, four-point-per-passing touchdown. Thank you. Again, I agree with Joey. Give us give us the context. It's a Superflex mm-hmm. Dynasty League. He traded Kyle Pitts and the 202 for Kyler Murray and the 308. And I feel like this is one where it's like there's a wide range of opinions right now on both Kyle Pitts and Kyler Murray. And so I, I, a lot of different people answer this question in different ways. Just first off, Pitts and 202 for Murray and 308. Do you like it? There's another part to his question, which makes me like this a lot. Okay. <laughs> and it's when he said, and I have Sam Laporta at tight end. Like right. when I heard that, I'm like, okay, I'm totally fine acquiring Kyler Murray. Like that's where I am with Laporta. If you've got Laporta, I don't feel the need to necessarily carry another tight end, especially of Kyle Pitts level. Get, and there, get your pieces. Like, even okay. in a super flex league, there was definitely a time where Kyle Pitts was more highly valued than Kyler Murray. Um, mm-hmm. Pitts was arguably the 101 in his rookie draft, but he's fallen far enough. It would be really interesting because the thing is, he says he has Fields and Lamar at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder how he's going to feel about this if Justin Fields is traded to the Atlanta Fal- Falcons and paired up with Ooh, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Um, he, I think he's in a good position if he makes the trade, though, that, right, you know, because the season doesn't start tomorrow. He's not starting making this trade with his back against the wall. He can shop fields and maybe Lamar. I don't I, it would be a lot for me to give up Lamar, but I'm pretty confident in Kyler Murray going into next year with what Arizona looks like. They're going to be adding him with Trey McBride like. Matthew, Matthew's been active in the chat here, Joey. We're going to reward him. Cool. He is wanting to know a reasonable wide receiver target. And I didn't give you any time to prep this one. So it's just to, no. for Pickens and Tank Dell. Put it back up again. So Pickens and Tank Dell. Yes. Tank Dell, you're going to have to give up a lot for. No, he wants to. I think, I think he wants oh. to trade Tank Dell and Pickens away. Sorry, I should have put it back up. But if you are sending Pickens and Tank Dell away, I'm shooting for one of those elite guys. Maybe not Jefferson or Chase, but you might be able to get them on or St. Brown. Like if they really like Tank Dell that much. Yeah, a Monterey St. Brown was where I would start. Just, just for reference, Matthew, I, I've mm-hmm. got and I, I'm updating the trade chart this week as well. I, I just updated wide receiver dynasty rankings right before the show, so this is this is hot off the press. It's not even published Ooh. yet. Tank Dell is my number thirteen wide receiver in dynasty, and it looks like we've got George Pickens at twenty five. And they've got a combined trade value of about 800 points. Looking at last, I'm um, just just pull up the trade chart from. Yeah, that was that was um, Puka or AJ Brown range. So okay, but Is yes, that, I agree I with you. You're not getting Jefferson or Chase. You're, I don't think no. you're getting Lamb either. But anybody else is in play. If the person really likes Tank Dell and George Pickens, who's your wide receiver for in Dynasty? It's Monroe St. Brown. Okay, and me as I, well. I wouldn't trade. And actually, Matthew just said he he already has a Monroe. So, oh, um, congratulations, yeah, AJ Brown. Oh, that's a good range. Yeah, AJ. I don't Garrett, know honestly. Good, Garrett Wilson, maybe. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Right and now. honestly, with with Rogers coming back, if he has what. People are right. expecting to be a good season. You could be buying him kind of low. Right. Joey, thank you so much for being here. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed talking to you in Las Vegas as well. This was a different kind of talk. Yeah, it was um, It was very nice not to be um, pigeonholed and yes. attacked every five minutes. Uh, when I turn my back, he comes up on me. That was so, only no. night one. I don't think I, it, I don't think this I. This is I, true. Night, I, night I did not put you in the pigeonhole after that. 
<laughs> I, I, I did I wear did, my I did. t-shirt for you today. Actually, yeah, I just thought that you might be a little bit bruised in the shoulder area. And so I was <laughs> yeah. giving you the day off. Tell yeah, everybody once again where they can find you. And, uh, and, and thanks for being here. Oh, no, thank you, Heath. Yeah, you can find me over at Football Guys. Um, like I mentioned, Sunday Morning Live. We've got the Rookie Draft Guide. Uh, you can also find me on Thursdays at 3 o'clock on the Front Yard Fantasy Game Show. Uh, having a great time with those guides as usual. But most of my work you'll see this season will be over at Football Guys. Hop in the Discord. We're doing a brand new re, uh, a revamp of it on Friday. We're going to launch it out there. A lot more organized. Tons of AMAs. We've got a March Madness contest coming up this year. Lots of fun stuff at Football Guys. Thank you, Joey. Thank you for everybody who followed along. Thank you for everybody who's listening to the podcast. We will talk to you next Tuesday.